Kairos. This is your moment. Liberty is not man's idea, it's God's idea. We must participate in the public square. This is a moment in time that will define history as we know it, the furtherance of America as we know it. That's a powerful gift, freedom. And we're not going to bow to tyranny. This isn't me standing, it's us. This is the moment for the body of Christ. We pray that there would be an awakening and a revival in the nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Monday, everybody, and it's also McEwen Monday, and so our guest is going to be Bob McEwen, the Honorable Bob McEwen, Congressman uh, from Ohio, and uh, he's been a great blessing to us, and I'll bring him on shortly, but before we uh, bring Congressman McEwen on, I wanted to say thank you to all of you who take time to send us correspondence and to send us letters. Uh, this one comes from Afrata, Pennsylvania, and I was just so touched by it. Uh, Josh and Amy, thank you very much. Your words are so kind and precious, and it's an encouragement to us. Uh, I'm not great when it comes to email. I do okay with text, but I love every single person that takes time to handwrite and send us an a card of encouragement. And uh, all that you wrote in here, thank you. And folks, this is just one of many. And I'd like to take time maybe once a week to just comment on some of these. But uh, Josh and Amy have been so blessed, and they're out there in Pennsylvania fighting the good fight. And they tune into our program. They follow our services on Sunday. And uh, I was so encouraged by their kind letter. So thank you all for your correspondence. You bless us more than you know. Uh, we, we do this not for profit or gain. We do it to educate and create disciples because the ecclesia, the public square, is critical that we become discipled and participate because these, these times require Christians who understand that liberty is God's idea, not man's idea. And unlimited submission to tyranny, which we're witnessing in the churches across America, is unacceptable. And to see men and women who love the Lord but understand their role in defending and preserving liberty for generations to come, it's not the most popular thing, and you, you get pushback. But as Romans 13 says, and it goes on to say that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves, the idea is if we're to love our neighbor, we're going to contend for their freedom. Even though they, um, they may not like what we're doing, we're doing it for their benefit. And, and that's, that's the same idea with Christ as he was on that cross. And the ones that spit upon him and mocked him and ridiculed him, uh, for them he declared the words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We do this because we love folks. We contend for liberty. We contend for these ideas against a secular progressive left that would want to enslave mankind. And we've got example after example on today's uh, program. Uh, Congressman McEwen, Bob, as I refer to him because he's such a dear friend, uh, we're we're going to share with you some uh, events that have occurred in these past weeks, actually this past week, that are just atrocious, especially here in California. And Bob, being all the way over in Florida, he saw it as well. Our good friend Jorge Ventura uh, from the Daily Caller has been reporting on a number of issues across the state and the nation. He's a remarkable investigative reporter, and some of the things that we're going to show today, it's it's all credit to him. And I just want to say thank you to our friend, Jorge Ventura, wonderful man, great reporter. And with that, we are enjoying McEwen Mondays. Uh, so thankful for my dear friend and a man of great wisdom. And as I've said many times before, all the things I know, I learned from him. And if you doubt me, just stick around long enough or read anything he's, he's written, and you'll realize uh, I have uh, borrowed from him in copious amounts. And so please welcome my mentor, my friend, my hero, Bob McEwen. Welcome, Bob. Oh, thank you, Rob. It's so great to be with you and so flattered by your kindness. You have a gift of communication and a, a gift of discernment. You understand people. And so uh, it's, it's wonderful that you're serving in the pulpit. But if you were in any other position, whether it be the governor's chair or the White House or anyplace else, uh, that's exactly what the people need. And so therefore, uh, you take to these things. That's why we appreciate sharing your wisdom with us, and I look forward to being with you on Monday. Ah, well, it's it, it's actually, I, I used to hate Mondays because it came after Sunday. And I was exhausted, but now I wake up and I realize I get to spend time with you, so it's it's invigorated me. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to read a few things, Bob, and then uh, just get your wisdom on it, um, 
And these are things that have come up uh, by our investigative friend, uh, Jorge Ventura. And, and some of these we just pulled off, off the news feed. And here's one of them. Uh, this is um, uh, this week, uh, Dr. Drew Pinsky, board certified internist, posted on his social media, amazing only 165 patients have been hospitalized with the flu in the U.S. since October. Last season, we had over 400,000 hospitalizations. And then he said, now granted, the staggering difference may be due to better hygiene practices, changes in bacterial gradient field. Either way, continue washing your hands. This is, this is one of those things where it just seems uh, astronomically strange that you, you have 165 total cases of flu when the previous year you had 400,000. Any thoughts on that, Bob? Well, and you you don't have to just do the flu. Uh, you can go ahead and, and, first of all, you can check to see how many people have died. Uh, you have to have a death certificate. You have to have caskets and things. So has there been this upturn in increased deaths in America? And the fact is that there haven't been. And so if you claim that we're involved in this terrible pandemic, then what is happening to all those other deaths? If you go back and you look at the flu, or you look at heart attacks, or you look at cancer, you see that they've had to reduce all those numbers significantly uh, in order to get the things to balance out, in order to keep the fear, which has allowed us to give up our freedom out of fear, uh, to an order for them to order us around, to make changes in our election laws, to tell us when we can travel, when we can't, uh, all of the just tyrannical things that, are, that we are submitting ourselves to that uh, nobody ever would have thought that Americans would have done, and yet it, the, the appalling surrender of our freedoms that we've been willing to give up all out of, out of fear. I mean, the very idea, I was walking out of the uh, United Lounge the other day, and one of the one of the people there shouted at me that I, I had to put on a mask. And, and I observed that, yes, I, I understand that hanging toilet paper from my nose is going to keep me safe. I, I, I won't forget that. Uh, when you look at, the, look at the particulars of the actual society and the idea that, I mean, we will look back on this sometime. If we do not correct it, people years from now will look back and say, how in the world at this critical time could these intelligent people submit their freedoms on, on such a whim as calculated artificial inventions of, of disease that we see? Now, of course, we, we know that, that there is, a, um, that there is the, the COVID and we know that it, that it, uh, it can be dangerous, but the percentages is out of all proportion to what this world has faced repeatedly in the past. Now, allow me just to give one. The first time that I went to breakfast as a sitting member of Congress, there were 12 people at that table. Nine of the 12 bore on their, in their person uh, the, the, the remnants of having had polio. Uh, this, it was a disease that harassed people. We didn't give up our freedoms for it. We didn't uh, shut down our nation for it. We didn't collapse our economy for it. We didn't say people couldn't worship uh, as, entitled by, as entitled to us by, by the First Amendment. We didn't do any of those things. And yet all of these people, including members of my wife, among others, that, that had polio and still have the ramifications of it, such as Mitch McConnell, partially paralyzed from it. Uh, my brother uh, died of polio. My mother died of polio, all in the same week. So the idea that, that these, these uh, diseases come upon us is one thing. The idea that we give up our freedom and surrender our nation is another. So we have to look at who is saying these things, what are the facts behind it, and is it justified as we see our schools closing, we see our children uh, on, on increased drug addiction, alcoholism, uh, depression, all the ramifications. And then as we see China moving in, in economically, the only nation last year that grew in, in economic growth is America's collapsing. So as, as this person pointed out simply, do we believe, as the doctor said, do we actually believe that flu uh, went, went from 400,000 to 16? Do you actually believe that? I, I think that. I think we have to say that we don't. We're classifying yeah. everything as COVID. That's true. And all, the majority of COVID deaths are with COVID, not from. And, we, and we prove, we've proven that in our own county. Um, and yet, 
uh, unprecedented overreach by the government to uh, shutter and, and uh, businesses and to violate our, our Bill of Rights. And, and they, they don't have justification for it, and it's, it's concerning. And then, as you were pointing out, there's not an increased number in deaths, um, and yet they, they find justification to do what they're doing, and they don't have any. And they're going to they're gonna have to be held accountable for, for the way in which they've, they've devastated. 65% of uh, the restaurants in our county will never reopen here in Ventura County because they've stolen their livelihood uh, as they've shuttered businesses for, for no reason whatsoever. I mean, we've had a little under 800 deaths in the county, and that's an ongoing tally from last year. And, and 800 deaths, um, and, and we, when we had petitioned the county at that time of, of the little over 100 deaths, only two were people who died from COVID, the rest died with. I mean, we had, we had a young man in a car accident, another one who died from a fentanyl overdose, but when they died, they tested positive for COVID, so that was considered a COVID death. This is, this is the manipulation to formulate fear. And now we watch this overreach of government officials. And this was here in our own state, Bob. Now, I know you're in Florida. You're enjoying a little more freedom than we are in California. But they completely shuttered under Governor Mussolini. And we've got school districts with, you know, the, 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 the strongest political force in California is called the California Teachers Association, the CTA. And, and they spend an enormous amount of money to dominate school board elections uh, across the state. And, and they, they get into office, uh, elected officials, of, of who you're going to witness here momentarily in the Oakley School District. And this is how the Oakley School District views the parents who are entrusted. Now, children are, the, you know, uh, children are entrusted to, to the parents. They, they don't belong to the state, but these folks would think otherwise. And the disdain they have for parents is reflected as they have a conversation thinking that they're no longer on a public channel. Uh, these are elected school board officials in the Oakley School District. And I, I want to run through the three videos. And I, you know, just take it in, Bob, listen to it, and tell me your thoughts on it after the three videos run. So, folks, uh, check this out. Here we go. Know what we right. behind the scenes. And it's really unfortunate exactly. that they want to pick on us because right. they want their babysitters back. Right. My brother had a, a delivery. Yeah, my brother had a delivery service for medical marijuana. The high clientele were parents with their kids in school. <laughs> <laughs> the, it was posted by social media. Someone else posted it. It's like whatever. I wasn't doing anything bad. I could. I really. I honestly don't care about that part. But you know what? Are we alone? Yeah. <laughs> Bitch, if you're going to call me out, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> Sorry, that's just me. <laughs> you know, they forget that there's real people on the other side of those those letters that they're writing. Yes. We're real community members. We have kids or have known kids that have gone to these schools. Right. Have an invested interest in this process, and they don't know what we right. do behind the scenes. And it's really unfortunate exactly. that they... They want to pick on us because right. they want their babysitters back. Right. Right. They want their babysitters back. Uh, and and that one lady said she's going to, well, the expletive, she's going to F them up. Um, and the other one thinks that all parents are drug abusers, just that his brother has a marijuana dispensary. These are elected school board officials, and this is their, their view. And by the way, uh, the lady that said she's going to F up that person, she's since resigned, uh, rightfully so. But what, what's your take on all this, Bob, uh, as, as you've, you've looked at it? Well, Rob, this is only one school board. And so uh, it just so happened that, that uh, a very alert parent was able to record what was going on during a brief period. About three or four observations I'd like to make. First of all, notice who they are. Uh, the, when I was young, the, the leaders of the community, the people that were the responsible for the entire uh, town, those were the leaders that spent time voluntarily on a school board. They, they weren't a bunch of millennials. They're just having a great time, number one. Number two is, this is the high watermark. This is the creme de la creme. 
the school board then hires the superintendent. The superintendent then hires the teachers. The teachers are the people that then you take the most valuable possession that you have for which you'll stand before God and you've been entrusted with their education, your children, you downstream from these people. Uh, these people choose the superintendent, they choose the teachers, and then they instruct those people into having contempt for not only who you are as a parent, but also who they are. And now they're teaching these, these kindergarten little boys that uh, to not accept just be, the, because the doctor assigned to you an assignment, uh, do you accept being a boy or a girl, or do you accept the one that the doctor assigned to you at birth? Uh, you, and know, you and I know how, how that's just uh, in, in ancient times, thousands of years ago, people were not that stupid. Uh, you and I know that you can take a, a drop of blood and, and take it across the, around the world, put it under a microscope, and that person will tell you that came from a male or it came from a female. This is scientific. This is, a, and it's an assignment. But that is being taught to our children. Now, how is that being taught to our children? It's being taught to our children because the superintendent hired people to teach that to our children. And how did that yeah. superintendent get there? That superintendent got there because these people that we saw are running the school districts. Now, let, let's get heart to heart. When we look ourselves in the mirror, the reason those people are entrusted with our children is because you and I allowed them to do it. Right. It is extremely, extremely simple to run for school board. The numbers are just, are just very minute. You get, let me give you an example of a situation I had in my hometown of the city council. I ran across the, walking down the street, I saw the county chairman. And I said to the county chairman, are you, um, how are we doing on the city council races? He says, oh, we're not doing well at all. I said, how, how do you think, how many do you think we're going to win? Oh, I don't think we're going to win any of them. Uh, really, or what are we doing about it? Oh, we aren't doing anything at all. I thought, well, that's a brilliant program. I, I think that's novel. Uh, and so I observed that they had just become a young Republicans group in the high school. And they only had about six or seven kids. And these kids are 14, 15 years old. So Liz and I were newlyweds. And so I, in my hometown, there are four wards. And there is a city councilman from each ward. Then there are three at large. That means everybody gets to vote for four people. So she and I went out and we printed little cards with the people's names. And I put a, a Band-Aid around them, or a, a rubber band around them. And then I, I laid the map out on the floor and marked out the various wards. Invited all these kids over to our house. As I say, there were about a half a dozen or so. And I said, I want each one of you to take one of these wards. And, and that, that'll be yours. Now, see these four stacks of cards? I want you to knock on every door and hand them the four cards. One from their councilman and the three at large. And ask them to vote for it. I want you to do that twice. You can do it almost in a night. So if you will do that yeah. twice, between now and election day, and then everybody, we gave them pizza. We said everybody that carries their their, their ward uh, will we'll have a steak dinner. We'll have a barbecue for them. Well, okay, they thought that was a great idea. And so they did. And of the seven seats on the city council, they were able to win seven because somebody cared and somebody did something. Now, these people that have utter contempt for the parents, have utter contempt for their children, are interested in swearing behind their back and, and look down them as the parents are, that, that we're just their babysitters. We're not educating minds to love America and love their parents and be productive in society. We're just babysitting them. Those people are there because you and I allowed them to get there. Right. Now, if anybody says, a lot of people after the election, I feel so despondent. I don't feel like what can I do? Let me tell you what you can do. You can find out. Rob, let me pause here just for a minute and, 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 and quote the verse about praying for those in authority. Give it to me, if you will. Second Timothy says, uh, pray for kings and those in authority that we would live quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and reverence. So if we want to live quiet and peaceable lives and not have people that, that are arbitrarily shutting down our restaurant, putting us out of business, arbitrarily making these decisions. If we want to do that, then, then we have to pray for those in authority. And it's really impossible to pray for a person that we don't know who they are, if we don't even right. know their name. Right. And so we need to, first of all, find out who they are and then find out how they got there. And then if, you, if you're 
neighborhood group, if you're a Sunday school group, if you're a women's group, you get together, you take these seats and then do something for your country, for your city, for, for generations to come. They got it by default. It's now been entrusted to us. Our, and it's, if we allow it to drop through our fingers, as we see it is happening. This isn't a threat of what's going to happen. Someday there'll be people that arbitrarily just walk in and say, you can't have church. Why? That would never happen in America. No, no, I'm not telling you it's going to happen. It's already happened, and it's happening. Somebody will walk in and say, oh, I think you can have, you can have uh, restaurant service over Thanksgiving. Oh, Wednesday afternoon. I changed my mind. You bought all that food, and you're all ready. You've got these people all lined up to come in, and you've hired the folks. I changed my mind. You're going to be closed during Thanksgiving. That's called tyranny. They are yep. allowed to do it because you and I allowed it to happen, and we are now awakened uh, to prevent it. So, And as Christians, and I speak to Christians, uh, it's our responsibility to contend. If Romans 13 says that they are ministers of God for our good, if they're not doing good, they don't have the authority of God. And it's our responsibility to push back against tyrannical measures that would enslave human beings, especially when they violate the Constitution they swore to defend. And we must be vigilant. That's our responsibility. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways of apathy and inactivity, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. And, and we've just gone on and, and made Christianity this, this comfortable love boat with Captain Steubing. And I, I always think of the Queen Mary that's in repose in Long Beach Harbor. And they, they, at one time, they had it set up as a luxury liner on one side and a troop transport ship on the other side. On one, you had luxurious decorations and silver settings and, you know, tablecloths of beauty and majesty. And, and on the other side, you had steel bunks steel trays, one spoon, austere, and the question would be asked, what, what would cause uh, luxury to turn into such austerity? And it's one thing, war. And, and, and this is the idea that we have been so content on the luxury liner, it's, it's time we start to realize we have responsibilities, and we're losing the liberties that were instilled in us by God. Liberty is not man's idea, it's God's idea. And He has come to set the captives free, and the church's responsibility is to stand in opposition to tyranny and let my people go. Set the captives free. Do the right thing. Love your neighbor, especially the voiceless ones in the womb who, who aren't being heard, but people have decided for the sake of convenience that that's not a human being anymore. We, we have to contend and fight for those. And, and the business owners who are up against the tech oligarchy who are losing their businesses and they're having a shift of, of wealth into the hands of, I mean, they just had an article come out. 25 hedge fund managers have increased their net, wealth, net worth by over $30 billion in this last year. It's, it's just a, a movement of income from middle America to the, the, the elites. And that's what socialism brings, poverty and, and, and the super wealthy and where they're slaves. And we, as the church, have to do something about it. So, Bob, I agree with you. And it has to start local. We want our salvation to come from Air Force One. And we were bummed that, you know, the, the one we wanted for president didn't get elected or was cheated out of office or however we see that. And we thought, look, I, I bought a pillow and I watch Fox News. I don't understand why. And yet you're espousing that you want to see a change in the country. It's not buying a pillow and watching Fox News. It's going to boring school board meetings and boring city council meetings and holding these local officials accountable and making sure that good people get elected to those offices. And, 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 that, and that's the hard work. And there's, you don't get remunerated for it. There's no power in it. You don't get any money. But this is what we're supposed to do as citizens. Is that a fair enough? Robert, you, uh, you use the term hard work, and it's, it's relative to doing nothing. Uh, but if you look at the rest of the world, what they have to do to they, they have no hope of being in, in a position of authority or a position of power. For for most Americans, all they have to do is walk over there and pick it up. Uh, I just saw in Northern Virginia, it, uh, which is uh, the area of outside Washington, D.C., that causes a state of Virginia to be worthless on, on election night every four years, that, that of the 17 legislative races, the incumbent had no opponent for, for 10 of them. 
That means if you just walked to the Board of Elections and signed your name, you would be the nominee, but nobody would even do that. And so, so here, here's what, what I want to emphasize for anybody that's watching. Uh, many of them, their, their schools are shut down because of the tyranny that we understand. That uh, they've just said is in California, the last time I saw the number of deaths under age 18 was two. Now, they've closed down all the schools. Uh, and, and by the way, last year, 87 children under age five yep. drowned in bathtubs. I'll say that again, under age five, drowned in bathtubs. In, in 41 million people in California, they've only had two under age 18, and yet they've shut down all the schools because they have another goal. So while your children are home or while they're not, here's an assignment for them. Teach them how to find out for themselves, then they can educate you and you can tell the rest of the people in, in your group. How do you run for office? What is required as an American citizen for me to run for office in Ventura County in wherever, uh, Illinois, whatever I do. You go online, they'll explain it. It's extremely simple because simpletons, as we just saw, these, these contemptuous folks, they can do it and they're successful. We need to find out, they'll know for the rest of their lives and then you need to explain to it. And then the final step is, is that each one of us, you know, if, if one church said, I'm going to elect the, the candidate to this particular seat on the city council, you could all do it. The only reason we have the problem that we're in is because when a person runs for office and they knock themselves silly and the best they can do is try to get people to care. Uh, Rob and I share a very close friend who lost a state Senate seat by two votes. And uh, his barber is a girl that he went to school with. He's known <laughs> since five years old. They've known, they've been children since kindergarten. And she was explained after the way, so sad, you know, my husband and I voted. And so he checked and he found out that no one, I'll say that again, no one voted in that precinct, not one. So therefore, she didn't show up to vote, and, so, and, and he lost by two, by two votes. That's called politics. And you and I, rather than rail against it, or rather get frustrated, or, or wish this world's not our home, the fact is the Lord has laid that in our lap. All we have to do is pick it up, and uh, I think it's high time that we do it. I agree with you. That's, that's great wisdom, Bob. I appreciate that. That, that blesses folks. Uh, there's a, another uh, topic I want to share with you. This is, so we looked, at, we looked at a school board, and in California, we've got health officials who've been given uh, an inordinate amount of, of power. And, and actually, we covered this last week where uh, they, our county, our health officials, have decided, decided not to prosecute most of the health violations of COVID, but the... Um, the, the assistant council uh, of our county has decided to go after Godspeak, and they're not going to relent. But we're watching as these, it, it's, it, it's just tyranny, but we're watching as these health officials are drunk with power. And in this next clip, again, brought to us by Jorge Ventura, an amazing investigative reporter, this business, brewery, this brewery gets shut down and they've got their cameras running, and the health official who in, incorrectly shut them down, but still did it anyways. Notice what she does in this clip, and it's 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 just, it's nauseating. But take a look at it, and we'll we'll comment on it. Watch this. And she starts kind of clapping, and then she goes into this kind of unique, I would say, dance routine. And that's what that's what really caught my attention. I mean, this this woman. Uh, Doing her job, I suppose, coming in, she she got some bad information for sure, but she just shut us down, and now she's kind of doing a little happy dance in the middle of our deserted brewery um, that she had just tried to shut down. That's the issue here that really, you know, hit home with me. Like, these people are coming in here, shutting us down, and then dancing. It's crazy. We have businesses that have gone out to buy tents to acclimate to the governor's rulings and they spend money and then the governor decides to, to do a shifting metric. He changes what's allowed for opening and on and on and on. And he's devastating these businesses. And then you have health officials coming in and dancing in delight when they shut down a business. I, I, it's awful. What do you, what's your take on it, Bob? Well, you observed that she shut him down it wasn't even, it wasn't a restaurant. There was, they sold packages. Uh, the, the brewery sold packages. 
Now, that's not a threat to anyone or, or to, to any person. And yet she is celebrating. Now, see, this is the difference between free enterprise and government. Yeah. Under free enterprise, a, reward, a person is rewarded in proportion to his contribution to others. Therefore, he has power in the degree to which he helps other people. And so if you if you serve 500 uh, lunches, you have one impact. If you have 5,000, that's a greater impact where people voluntarily come and give you money for giving them a service. That's called free enterprise. That's called freedom. Now, the other side is government has power not because of what they've done for anyone, but because of the badge that they carry, because of the gun that they have on their hip. When they do things, there's no recourse to it, and that's the loss of freedom. So that's why we want limited government. That's why we conservatives always want small government, because when you have expanded government, you have this woman who obviously I would stake my entire possessions on the fact that she's never created a job in her life. But she has the power to come in and, some, and, and take someone who has and put him out of business, shut him down, and then have to do a little happy dance over it. This is what is happening at this very moment. Last night at dinner, we had two very, very close friends uh, who are from Canada. And they have a home in southern Florida. They have a Corvette. They, this is a place that they wanted to come and go, and their friends. They and all of their friends are selling their property. Why? Because you can't go back and forth. It takes two and a half. You have to be quarantined. You're not allowed to bring your car. The, the list goes on and on and on. And so people are, are abandoning, leaving the country, can't come to America, because unless you're illegal, then you can come at will. But if you're coming legally, they're going to put you at, at a, at a two-week uh, quarantine, you have to be tested three times on and, and that. And who, who does these things? It's because, let's get back to, first of all, it was you and me. You and I elect people who then have that authority, who then delegate it to the girl doing the happy dance on the floor. And that's where we must hold them accountable. Any member of Congress, any state legislator, any state senator or mayor that says, well, I can't do anything about it, they are the ones that when we entrusted power to them, they delegated to bureaucrats who at will say, I think you have to spend two weeks in a hotel if you're going to come to America and you have to sit there and we have to inspect you at $2,000 a period just to do that. And then you cannot bring a car. You can ship a car, but you cannot drive a car. Now try to explain that, you can. And so that's where we have allowed ourselves to be at this very moment. That's why you and I must get, must be willing to run for office and support those who do. And that's what our final topic that we want to talk about, HR1 and how people vote. But, but you go ahead. Yeah, um, we can, let's do HR1, and then I want to take us to an article by Dr. Mercola. Uh, but before we go to that article with Dr. Mercola, what, if you could refresh everybody on HR1, because uh, we just went through a very contentious election cycle where we saw vote by mail and it was justified, this voting by mail was justified because of this pandemic. And in the last week, we've watched a precipitous decline in positive cases. They said that there would be a super spreader event after the Super Bowl in Florida and that the cases would go through the roof. And there's an 18% decline, which is just the opposite of what they said. All their projections have been wrong. The death rates haven't increased, but they've attributed 500,000 deaths, but the lowest number of deaths by influenza, on and on. I mean, we're just getting manipulated. And now they want to take what they did to us in the last election, and they've got this uh, platform called HR1. Can you fill everyone in on that, Bob, and tell them what it is? Yeah, let me just a, a couple of quick observations about what it, what it does, and that is it, it's a byproduct of California. That they discovered in California that if they had this thing called voter harvesting, that is where they would ballots out to people just to add their addresses, they'll just mail them. And if you click them up, if you pick them up and send them back, un, under absentee, they had to go to the person who requested it and they had to match the signatures and it had to be for a particular location. But under the ballot harvesting, they send it to an address, not to a person. And so if the building, uh, there might be an apartment building that people have lived there and registered over the last 20 some years, uh, maybe four or five times the population of the building, and yet they mail them all out. Those are live ballots. All a person has to do is harvest them and bring them in with no relationship to the person whose name is on the ballot. And when they did that, California went from being number one in the nation to being the golden state. It began into a spiral. And while we're talking about education, 
throughout history. I was in the state legislature a great deal of your time in the legislature is dealing with education. Everyone knew that California purchased more books for, for schools than any state in the union, which meant that all the book manufacturers, all the textbook manufacturers always went to California first because they had the best system in the world, plus they had uh, free education for higher education, etc. Once they had this ballot harvesting and they changed the way people were elected, no Republicans are elected again. They put, they began to, to put people in the, in the, in Sacramento that I've been there. You just wonder how, where did these people come from? It's not the California that I knew. Began to increase taxes, regulation, a third of all the people on welfare in the country now are in California. And California, which was number one in education throughout most of my political career, is now falling to 37 and is in a, in a free fall to see if it can get to 50. That's what ballot harvesting has done. And the second that Nancy Pelosi became the Speaker of the House, she took that modem and put it into one bill. The first bill, this is the most important one, and, and passed it through the House of Representatives. But when it got to the Senate, it died. As you know, as you, we all watched what happened in Georgia, the Democrats now control the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And so H.R. 1 is now ready to go. And here's what H.R. 1 does. I'll just mention a couple of things. Number one is that you have same-day registration, which means that there is no registration. That means you can walk up all day long, as many as you want. You can come, you can from, come from Texas or Alabama, and you can walk around, and you can register to vote as many times as you want under any name, because there's, there's no way to check. The federal government will do the counting. Now, Barack Obama said that the reason you could not steal elections in America was because it was so diverse. That is, that you had individual state systems and you had local systems. And therefore, it would be very hard to steal elections. Well, they want to put a stop to that. And so under H.R. 1, the federal government will, will do the will register. It'll go to them. Uh, the the uh, tax-funded uh, candidates for office will receive federal funding. The automatic registration of felons. That is, if you have committed a felony, if you've killed someone, if you've raped someone, if you've shot, if you finally get out of prison, you are automatically given the right to collectively choose the, the law that will apply in your city or in your town. And of course, you know where, where that, will, that will go. Uh, the drop boxes. Now, as you know, the way that elections are work is that you know who the person is. Or if you don't have a good ID, if you're in some third world nation, what they do is they take their finger and they dip it into ink and, and it, it, it is there for several days. And so once you've done it, then they know who that you've only voted and you, you can only vote once. Well, under this ballot harvesting system and under HR1, you must put these boxes out un, uh, unsecured for 45 days prior to an election. So you just feel free to stop by and drop off as many ballots as you want. The purpose of, of, gov of government is to establish justice. And this is an effort to do away to override establishing justice. That is, it, it will be against the law. It will be federally prohibited for me to demand an ID of you when you walk into my school district and say, I want to vote to decide who's going to be teaching your children and say, how do I know who you are or where you're from? If I do that, then I have committed uh, the, the crime. They are allowed to do it unmolested. That's HR1. Now, let's put it this way. Now, what can I do about that? Every Democrat member of Congress, except four, but that wouldn't apply in California, has co-sponsored this bill. That is, that they are going to vote for it. And they're going to vote for it immediately, quickly, within the next week or 10 days, because every day that it's out there and you know what's on it, then uh, people will object. And so they're going to run it through very, very rapidly. But what can I do as a citizen? Have your 12-year-old go online and find out who your congressman is. They have a number and they have an address and they're nearby. They need your vote. They want your vote. And tell them that if they vote for this to undo what has been America's success story for 200 years and take it to from our local election process to Washington deciding and, quote, federalizing the election process, which is what H.R. 1, that you cannot and will not ever support them and do everything possible to defeat them. But they know, they know it doesn't matter what you do. If they can pull this off. If they can just drop boxes, voting boxes around any place for 45 days and say, oh, you'll never guess how many were in here, then uh, our America as we know it will be gone. So therefore, what, what can we do? We must get to them now and find no. out who 
is going to vote for HR one. And 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 get get that exhortation out to everyone you know, as what Bob just said. Folks, make sure you call your local representatives. Make sure they vote no on this. Let them know you're dissatisfied. Flood the phone banks. Get that out there because this is this is critical. This is like a patient coming into the emergency room, and you may have a large cancer, but if the lungs are collapsed and they're bleeding out, you have to deal with those two critical areas <clears throat> before you can deal with the rest of it. And so, uh, this this is one of those. Th this is life threatening. So they they've got to respond to it. Um, Robert, well, let's, yeah, this, go ahead. This is the worst that I've ever, ever seen. And, and, and people will be automatically registered. You won't have to register to vote. Anybody had any encounter with government, that is, if you were a felon or if you own property or you have a, or you have an automobile, you will automatically be registered each time. And many times, as you're paying property taxes, it'll be under different names. So this yeah. is an effort to totally corrupt the system. It's unlike anything we've ever experienced in our history. So go ahead. Thank you for bringing that to the forefront. That is critical, and folks will respond. Um, and and I'm, I want to I want to close tonight because I've kept you long enough. But I wanted to close by sharing uh, an article, Dr. Mercola, and and I'm going to put up on the screen the article itself. I'm going to read it, uh, and it's one that's worth going through in its entirety. If it bores folks out there too bad, I'm going to put it on the screen. You read with me, but you need to hear this. Um, and and it's, the title of it is, The World is Suffering from Mass Delusional Psychosis. And he writes, according to psychiatrist and medical legal expert, Dr. Mark McDonald, the true public health crisis is not COVID-19 itself. Rather, it's the fear of the infection, which has morphed and evolved into a form of mass delusional psychosis. Many enter a state of hysteria when they see an unmasked person, even if they look perfectly healthy and clearly are not suffering from any kind of respiratory issue. This is a highly irrational state that has no basis in reality. Delusion is defined as believing something that doesn't conform with reality. There are serious concerns about the lasting effects this widespread insanity will have on children as they grow up. One of the worst traumas children suffer as a result of this fear-mongering is the idea that they may kill their parents or grandparents simply by being around them. Treating the children's trauma in therapy is not going to be enough as parents and other adults are ones creating the trauma by their own exaggerated fear response. To heal a generation of traumatized children, we must first address the psychosis of the adult population. Uh, he says, a number of mental health experts have expressed concern over the blatant fear and panic mongering during the COVID-19 pandemic, warning about potential, and let's face it, likely uh, psychiatric effects in uh, a December 22nd, 2020 article in Evie Magazine, um, S.G. Chea discusses what may in fact be the real problem at hand, mass insanity caused by delusional fear of COVID-19. Chea refers to lectures and articles by psychiatrist and medical legal expert, Dr. Mark McDonald, who believes the true public health crisis lies in the widespread fear, uh, which morphed and evolved into a form of mass delusional psychosis Chea writes, even when the statistics point to the extremely low fatality rate among children and young adults measuring 0.002% at age 10 and 0.01% at age 25, the young and healthy are still terrorized by the chokehold of irrational fear when uh, faced with the coronavirus. And then the infectious hysteria. Chea goes on to review a number of irrational behaviors that have become all too commonplace, such as parents being kicked off planes because their young children refuse to wear a mask during the flight or people having hysterical meltdowns when they see a person not wearing a mask. The science is quite clear about the risk posed by asymptomatic individuals, meaning anyone who feels perfectly healthy yet may have tested positive by, uh, for SARS-CoV-2 with a PCR test set to an excessively high cycle threshold. They pose an exceptionally low risk to others, if any risk at all. And science is even clearer on healthy individuals who test negative for SARS-CoV-2. You simply cannot spread a virus you do not have. The bulk of public science and all of those, as you can see, are um, given the source right there. Also shows that masks do not prevent the spread of viral infections. And this is particularly true if you're wearing cloth masks. Surgical masks or masks with vents. Despite all that, many still 
enter a state of hysteria when they see an unmasked person, even if they look perfectly healthy and clearly are not suffering from any kind of respiratory issue. This is a highly irrational state that has no basis in reality. Indeed, according to McDonald, these people are suffering from delusional psychosis, and there are a lot of them. He goes so far as to refer to the outside of his home or office as the outdoor insane asylum, where he must assume that any person that I run into is insane unless they prove otherwise. Lots to read. I'm almost finished. Uh, Chea explains, instead of facing reality, the delusional person would rather live in a world of make-believe, but in order to keep faking reality, they have to make sure that everyone else around them also pretends to live in their imaginary world. In simpler words, the delusional person rejects reality, and in the rejection of reality, others have to play along with how they view the world. Otherwise, their world will not make sense to them. It's why delusional the delusional person will get angry when they face someone who doesn't conform to their worldview. It's one of the reasons why you're seeing so many people who'd happily approve the silencing of any medical experts whose views contradict the WHO or the CDC guidelines. Obey the rules becomes more important than questioning if the rules were legitimate to begin with. And in his interview, I'll make this the last slide, in his interview with Jesse Lee uh, Peterson, McDonald explains his diagnosis this way. There was never a medical crisis. There were always enough resources to deal with the people who were sick. Many resources were, in fact, turned away. The question then for me became, what's the real crisis? What are the people really suffering from? It became clear to me very quickly within the first two or three weeks in March 2020 that it was fear. Since then, the fear has morphed and evolved, just, uh, not just into... I'm worried, I'm scared, so I need to stay home, but an actual belief that is against reality. Because a definition of delusion is something you believe that doesn't conform with reality. They believe that they are going to die no matter what age, no matter what state of health they're in. And if they don't leave their, if they don't leave their house with a mask and gloves on every day and run from other human beings, that delusional psychosis is false, it's wrong, it's not backed up by evidence, and many, many Americans are living that and believing that. And while there's no data to back this up, McDonald says it appears women tend to be more prone to delusional psychosis than men. Part of it, he suggests, may be because when women get scared, they tend to become more hypo, uh, hyper-protective than men uh, do under the same circumstances, likely because women speaking in pure generalized terms, of course, tend to be more emotionally driven. Uh, I'll, I'll cite the article. You'll get a chance to cite all of the claims, not even claims, but the medical uh, um, evidence that backs up what they're saying. And we don't see this on the news. They just tell us that we have to wear masks. They give no medical definitions for it. We've seen no empirical data that masks are uh, effective. The, 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 the virus itself is one one-thousandth uh, the size of a strain of hair. If you can smell something through your mask, the virus is passing through. And this is it, Bob. Rob, it's delusional and it's fear. Thank, thank you for that so much. I've never seen that before. And it's exactly the, the, the idea they've been able to shut down truth. We have to get truth back out there. And as the scripture says, you not give us a spirit of fear, of love, power, love, and a sound mind. A, a sound mind is the opposite of fear. Fear creates a mind that doesn't think well. And that's nation... We are enduring a spirit of fear, and knowledge drives away fear. It would be nice if the pulpits in America could usage the fear of the citizenry by loving their neighbor as themselves and, and standing up for truth and doing the deep investigative work. And even though they're going to be ostracized and lose followers on social media, they can help you sage the fear created by this false narrative and do something because they are accountable to the truth. They proclaim and stand on behalf of the truth. And uh, to, to stay with a narrative that is delusional and wrong, and all we have to do is look at the numbers, and yet they still continue to play this game because they're submitting to tyranny. I just don't, I just don't see that as the role of the church. It's tragic Absolutely. to me, Bob. And when I would see pictures of Hitler going by and every single person giving the salute, and I, I would look at why, how does every person, I mean, I, I've run for office, not everybody agreed, but then now I've begun to see what happens when there is a herd. If one person would have put their arm down to their side and not seen when they went by, the, the impact of, of, the, of the group would have been so significant as now we see that when you go through an airport 
and, and you, you mentioned the foolishness, the absolute foolishness that standing in, in the broad daylight out playing golf or walking down the street, keep alive. If I gave you $10, please keep this virus alive. It would die immediately. And yet we've been allowed ourselves to come through this. So it's, yeah. we're going to turn the corner, brother. Thank you for what you do. Likewise. I, I think, I think folks have been blessed by all that you shared tonight and another fantastic McEwen Monday. You bless us as always, and you got stuff to do. I know you got places to go and speak. So thanks for giving us your time, Bob, and we'll see you next Monday. Be blessed. My pleasure. Thank you, Rob. Well, there you go. That's another fantastic McEwen Monday and the insights and really, truly the, the things that Bob shares. If that doesn't you sage your fear and comfort you in some capacity and, and to focus on truth because perfect love casts out all fear and and. Love is true, and that's, that's the idea. Whatever things are true, we're called to focus on that. We're not to submit to tyranny, not unlimited submission to governmental authorities because they're there for our good, and if they're not doing good, if they're, if they're towing a line and a narrative that parents are a problem to a school board, that, that, that they want to F up a parent, or you start seeing uh, uh, health officials dancing at the joy of shutting down another small business, come on, folks. We're Christians. Stand up to this tyranny and defend the truth. Do that for your neighbors. That's the way you love your neighbors. You won't be popular. It wasn't about an issue of popularity. It's, it's an issue of doing the right thing. And so we contend for truth in a world that is paralyzed by fear and hysteria. And, and because of that, in this psychosis, this false reality, why play along? And somehow you feel as though you're giving them comfort by playing along with their psychosis. Folks, help them. Stand up for truth. And so with that, I, I, just, I just want you to be encouraged and strengthened that Christ has come to set the captives free and perfect love casts out all fear. And it's, it's only fear, the only weapon the enemy has. And that's how he enslaves us. And so truth will set the folks free. So with that, I, I'm going to place a blessing on you out of number six is our tradition. And I pray you'll be encouraged by this. And so this is for all of you tonight. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. <clears throat> May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Well, thanks for joining us this Monday night. We'll see you uh, tomorrow night. It's going to be uh, Newsday Tuesday. Uh, we're going to have some fun with it. We're trying to put uh, different segments together just so this is a place that every night at 7 o'clock you can tune in and... We're not going to feed your fears. We're going to give you wisdom and truth and, and help you stand strong in the midst of this psychosis and delusional world that we're living in so that you will find strength in the midst of it all. God bless you all. Be strong, be brave, and we'll see you tomorrow night.